0: Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. We're here with a very special guest, uh, Charlie. I don't know whether to call you Caruso or Arnold. So I was actually start, waiting start
1: to see how you introduced me because every, like, it's like so many different people are like, ah, oh, what's your name? So Charlie Arnold is my birth name. That is what I was named at the, you know, July 14th, 1987. Okay. um but charlie caruso is my ring name for wwe so that's like my character's name but my real name is charlie arnold so that's what i go by on every platform espn xfl in regular life and then wwe i'm charlie caruso so i go by both
0: does caruso come from somewhere because you're italian so i assume <laughs> it's a family name or something like that
1: yeah so i'm uh, my mother is full sicilian so um my whole like I feel like upbringing, I was always raised with the Italian traditions. I'm really like, I pretty much feel like I embody like a pure Italian. So um, when I was choosing my WWE name, they gave me an option to submit a list of names that I wanted. So I actually went to italianlastnames.com. It's a real website. And I put Charlie, I was like, Charlie this, Charlie that. And I was like, ooh, Charlie Caruso. Oh, I like that. So um, Caruso is actually completely random, but my mother's maiden name is DiMaio.
0: Got you. Does this cause you problems in the real world? Like, do people get...
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Do people spell your name wrong on diplomas, uh, give you wrong names on certificates, like things like that?
1: Well, you know what? It's funny, because my my real last name is Arnold. And growing up, everyone just presumed it was French. So growing up, they're always like, Charlie Arnaud. And I'm like, no, it sounds very fancy, but that is not my last name. Um, And then now, yeah, I mean, people all the time will just be like, if they see me on the street, oh, my God, Charlie Caruso, which... Obviously I respond to because I know that they're talking to me. But um no, no real problems. It was just funny when I first joined WWE, people were like, wait, did you get married? <laughs> okay. Well,
2: is, is there a That's difference funny. between between Charlie Arnold and and Charlie Caruso? Like, is there a personality difference? Do you do you feel like oh. you're you're acting like a different person if somebody calls you Caruso?
1: Um no, I mean on camera. I think we have to reel it in just a little bit, even when I'm Charlie Arnold on camera or Charlie Caruso on camera. I mean, obviously you got to, you know, there are regulations mm-hmm. as it pertains to broadcasting. So um, I have a horrible mouth. I mean, I curse all the time, my mother is like, how did you get such a dirty mouth? I'm like, sorry, mom. So um, no, I mean, I reel it in in those regards on camera. But um, as far as just my personality goes, I'd say it's pretty similar.
0: Pretty similar. Now, one thing I do want to talk about is TV. I saw you on a live the other day saying that you were heavily influenced by Oprah. Like if you could have one career, she would be one of the people you would aim to. You're currently uh, one of my favorite announcers all time on WWE. I have to say that I'm a complete nerd when it comes to WWE. Like it's the one thing that I could be any actor, any actress, any musician in the world and I'd be fine. And When I was backstage at WWE in Salt Lake City, if I would have met Triple H, I would have been a mess of tears and shaking, just like a disaster. Um, But you're on that and you do the ESPN thing as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us how that came to be, both of those things.
1: Yeah, so um, I started um, in local news. I mean, I I, um, majored in broadcast journalism at American University, which is in Washington, D.C. So, um, I always knew, I mean, even prior to that in high school, I was, I had my own radio show in high school. I was the, the anchor on the morning announcements in high school, you know? So I always like had a very much like, um, focused, career path. I always knew what I wanted to do. I mean, Oprah, like you just mentioned, she has been my role model since I was three years old, whenever the Oprah song would come on, even when I was three years old, my mom was like, you would come racing in the room, screaming Oprah's name. I mean... So when I say Oprah has been my role model my whole life, like I truly mean that. Um, so I have always just have known I wanted to be um, a television personality. Um, I feel very comfortable public speaking. I just feel, you know, like um, I have like a presence that I'm able to, um, you know, command a room. And I think that's very important. Um, and so I, I just, I majored in broadcast journalism, had tons of internships. And I started uh, out of college in local news. I bounced around a couple markets. Um, my first market was, Huntington, West Virginia, um, which completely different world. I mean, even being from Indianapolis, that's where I was born and raised. I mean, even completely different from there. I mean, Huntington, West Virginia is like, uh, I mean, it's pretty backwards. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, it's, it's very interesting. Um, so, and I, and I'm not trying to be insulting. I mean, I think most people who go there realize that there's some interesting aspects to, to being a part of the West Virginian culture. Um, started there as a one man band. That means I was carrying my camera, my tripod and like trekking around by myself, like going into trailer parks, going into like the Hills of West Virginia, which if anyone's ever seen, there's a a documentary called the wild, wonderful whites of West Virginia. It's pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, it was a very, is difficult, you know, like starting out coming from Washington DC, um, you know, having access to uh, much more even like advanced forms of technology, even in West Virginia, we went back from using like the digital editing, which you've all probably used in your lifetime, to like using tape to tape where I had to like, press a button on one tape deck to then record it over to another tape deck. I mean, I was like, what is going on here? So I went from there, I was out of there pretty quickly, um, and then I went on to Kansas City was a morning live reporter for the Fox station there, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Kansas City was actually like such a wonderful surprise. Um, I had no idea what I was expecting moving to Kansas City. And once I got there, I was like, this is really cool, really cool sports culture, uh, amazing restaurants, the barbecue is mwah. And um, from there, then I went back to my hometown of Indianapolis. And that's where I transitioned into sports. So I was a sports anchor on the weekends, sports reporter during the week, and um, covered the Colts heavily, the Pacers, and uh, I was there for two years. And then my contract came up and I decided that I wanted to move on to a regional network was my goal at that point. So I was kind of looking at the things like the SEC network, the ACC network, things like that, um, just to make the next jump. And I just so happened to go to a taping, when it was still taped, Bobby, of SmackDown. It was so I went backstage. I was there with my friend, and he had backstage passes. And I ran into Mark Carano, who's in charge of the talent department. And I, at that point, had been unemployed for a couple months, still job searching. So I went up to him like, "Hey, I'm a sports broadcaster. Didn't know if you could take a look at my reel and just give me some feedback, if nothing else." Well, a few months go by. We keep in touch. Eventually, he's like, "Hey, I passed your stuff on to Michael Cole, who is one of our lead commentators, who is our." commentator he was like I think you're great I want to bring you in for an audition and the way things worked out they offered me a job within that same week and I ended up at WWE and then they promoted me pretty shortly thereafter I was living in Orlando moved me to New York because they're based in uh, Stamford, Connecticut and then um, ESPN who I'd been in touch with for several years was like hey now that you live in the area we'd love to also work with you so that's how I became to be able to work with ESPN as well.
0: Wow. Now with the with the WWE, I'll start there. Were you a WWE fan to begin with? Because like growing up, I know everything about it. Like I said, like a complete nerd. Did you know a lot about it or was this a huge learning curve for you?
1: So, I mean, I, I, I was kind of on the edge. Like when I was in sixth, seventh grade, you know, at the height of the Attitude Era, major fan. Like The Rock was my Oh my God, I loved him so much. All of my school supplies were the rock. Like I had a rock binder and pencils and erasers and all that. So loved WWE for those few. It was still WWF at that point. My cousins were super into it. So they got me into it. And so we would like always watch it. And then I started watching on my own and my parents were like, you're not watching this. This is a bad influence. So I'd have to sneak down to the basement to watch it. I mean, of course they knew what I was doing. Like, I would literally go to Cotillion in sixth grade, which is where I'm learning, like, how to set a table and do, like, the Foxtrot. And then I would run home and turn on WWF. So um, I was, you know, I had my girly side and I had my tomboy side. But, um, yeah, so I was a big fan. But then after, you know, that really, I think, heightened era where, like, everybody was watching, as that died down, so did my um, fandom, I would say. Um, so I was kind of a bandwagon fan I guess. <laughs> and, um, I, I never watched it again. I never, you know, I still knew that it was around, but I never watched it up until I happened to get a job with them. And then I, of course, now watch it all the time, but no, I wasn't seeking the job at it. It kind of just fell into my lap and I was like, why not? Let's do this.
0: I like it. And it sounds like ESPN kind of, I mean, you were into sports casting, but mm-hmm. that kind of fell in your lap too. Once you moved to New York, they were kind of all over it.
1: So ESPN was always like, um, where I saw my career going, you know, I, I did a sports internship even when I was in college. So I always wanted to get into sports, but I chose to start out in news because it's so much easier to get a job in news. I mean, for every, think about a regular news station for every 15 reporter news reporting positions, there might be one sports position. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, I'll get my, I'll cut my teeth in news. And I can like kind of work my way up in markets quicker rather than starting in sports where I would have to probably start in a really tiny market because there's so many less opportunities. So I decided to start out in news, but once I was able to transition to sports, I've stuck with it. So that's actually
2: huge. So interestingly, uh, my background was in local TV as well. So I graduated oh. with a media production degree. I worked in local news for a number of years. Where
1: you work? Uh,
2: I was in Waterloo, Iowa. So uh, we were, we were like market 90, I think it was 88 at the time. I was actually just over here looking this up. So currently uh, Huntington is market 75. So we were about the same station.
1: Okay. Um, So Huntington, when I was there was 63. So so yeah, they've
2: they've fallen fallen back a little bit.
1: (laughs) I'd like to think it's because I'm no longer there.
2: (laughs) You know, well, once you left town, everybody else was like, well, why would I stick around? So yeah. Right. (laughs) <laughs> um, but that, that, I find that interesting because I would think even at that size station, just being a female trying to get into sports, it's almost impossible, but news, they would hire anybody up like that. So that's like, get your foot in the door. And then you jump exactly. to the Kansas city, which is 32 on the current list. So that's a huge jump up.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, and you probably know, like most of these local news, like the sports anchors and sports directors, they don't leave. Right. Like, they're yeah. there for their entire career. So, like, there's not really much room to, like, get in there. So, mm-hmm. when you can get a, a spot, you want to So,
2: when did you actually make the switch to sports? Were you still in Huntington when you started that? Or? Oh,
1: so, I was, I was in Huntington. I was doing purely news. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City, I was doing mostly news. But, like, then, like, I knew at that point I wanted to get into sports once I was in Kansas City. So, the sports department would let me come just like hang with them and like occasionally cover stories for them. So I started kind of getting my feet mm-hmm. wet on a, you know, like out, out of college yeah. level um, there. And then once I started getting more sports experience, I was able to make a connection because I'm from Indianapolis. So I had some existing connections there already. And I knew the sports director at the Fox station in Indianapolis. And um, cause I had actually freelanced there. Um, in between my jobs in Huntington and Kansas City. So I freelanced for the summer. So I knew the sports director and he was like, hey, we're looking for a weekend sports anchor. I think you should apply. And um, I applied and that was, I mean, it, it honestly, it was one of those right places at the right time. I mean, connections, as we all know, these days are everything. Yeah. Well, that's in in
2: broadcast. I think even in Hollywood, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, if you're interested in a particular area, like you you just kind of start hanging out with those people and then those opportunities come. Like I was on the production side. And so I met a guy whose whole job. So we were a NBC affiliate and this guy's job was to go to each affiliate in turn and fix the lighting on their sets. Mm. And it was such a cool job just watching this guy like moving lights around and, and, and redesigning and changing the entire appearance of these small town TV stations just by changing the lights around. And I asked him, like, how do you get into this? Cause there's not, you don't like go to college for this. And he had said, you hang out with the people who are doing the lighting. You start learning a thing or two and eventually an opportunity comes along. And I feel like every department that you can get into be it sports, weather, uh, specific news areas, like that is how it goes. Like you, you're just kind of drawn into a particular area for whatever reason. And then eventually things start to work out. And, and what I'm hearing is like, you, you picked like the, the ideal area for you because people started to recognize like, oh yeah, this is exactly the person that we need for this role. And bam, there you are, WWE. I think that's incredible.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's been a really interesting journey. You know, I look back on so many moments where I'm like, I mean, I got to be honest, when I was in West Virginia, like after the West Virginia job, which I obviously don't have very kind words about. It's because I was miserable in West Virginia. I was Mm -hmm. truly miserable. I was set up for failure at the station I was at. I won't even get into it, but I just, you know, the relationships I take away from that are few and far between. I have several people who were so kind to me, who I still am very, very, very grateful to have met. And I think those people know exactly who they are. But there were people who, while I was there, you know, especially being someone fresh out of college and knew that I was still trying to find my way, could not have been worse to me. And, um, it made me really second guess if I wanted to be in TV, because I knew it was a very mm-hmm. superficial environment, you uh, still in a lot of cases. I mean, even still, there are people who you work with in TV who, you know, it's a very ego driven business, which yeah, is fine. Especially,
2: especially on air. Yeah.
1: Of course. Which is fine. You know, we all have egos and that's the reason why a lot of us get into TV. I mean, we've all got to have a little bit of an ego if we want to be on TV, I suppose. But, um, it took me then going to Indianapolis when I freelance to be like, okay, what I experienced in West Virginia is not how it is everywhere. And I truly do love this career and I cannot see myself doing anything else. And ever since then, I have been proven correct that I've stuck with the right career. Um, But I think that it's in any profession, you know, you're going to hit some bumps in the roads and there's going to be some trauma that you experience, but you know, you get through those kind of dark moments And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And once you find that light, you realize it's all worth it. So,
0: I will say this, though. In the WWE, there's a huge culture of being nice to other people. I think out of any athlete that I've ever met, and I fought in the UFC. I've been around the world doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I've met a lot of professional athletes. And frankly, there's a lot of guys that are jerks. But I've never met a WWE athlete that is a jerk. Like they'll do anything for kids. John Steen has done more make a wish foundations for anybody than I think on the planet. I think he has a record. I know the Miz does a lot of that stuff. Bobby Lashley. He's a good friend oh a of a guy. Edge is a sweetheart of a guy. Is that something that comes naturally to you or is that something that you kind of learned from being in that culture?
1: Um, I mean, I think that, WWE, just as a organization, really prides itself on giving back. I mean, that's just the kind of business it is. I mean, as for as much as WWE does to help itself, it does equally as much to help others. I mean, we have so many foundations that we work with. We, you know, every uh, September, we um, really dedicate most of our, um, our time to a a benefit called Connor's cure. I'm sure you've heard of that. We have like the bracelet and we all wear the pins on air for the entire month. So, I mean, WWE is amazing at giving back. And I think that's such an awesome part of being a part of the company because you naturally will fall into that. It's almost expected of you, you know, if you're going to represent WWE, you have to be of the giving back mindset. Um, and, And it's just so much a part of the culture there that I think, you know, maybe, Maybe not all of it. I think a lot, I think most of us like to give back in general, but with being with WWE, it forces you to give back more. So it is a little bit of a learned behavior because you have no other choice. I mean, that's if you either do it or you're not in the company. Um, yeah. And I think that it encourages you then on your own time to get involved with the charities and the organizations that you find really hit home for you. And um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, it makes you feel so good to see these kids backstage at wwe event i mean it's just like it's awesome
0: it's cute yeah for sure now with espn um for a person in the sports world that's the i think that's the pinnacle of where you want to go
1: the worldwide leader of your sports,
0: baby career i mean there there is espn it's 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 wild to me to see people on there you're one of my favorite anchors on cnn or sorry, um not cnn espn <laughs> You and uh, I think you and Carrie Champion, who's not with the company anymore. Thank
1: you for putting me in the same box as her because she is incredible. But
0: I, you two are my favorite. And one of the things that I think separates you two from the other people is you both have incredible other platforms. And so one of the things I want to talk to you about is your fitness platform because you're really into it. And it's you're somebody we've mentioned before that all of a sudden with this COVID-19 thing, everyone wants to be a worker outer. And
1: actually,
0: you've been, you've been doing this for years and fitness has been a huge part of your life. So you can, can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, as you can see right now, this is not my normal on-air presentation. I actually just got finished myself with a workout. Um, I, fitness is a huge passion of mine. Um, you know, it's more than just a passion and a hobby at this point. I actually two years ago got my NASM certification, uh, because I wanted to have all the knowledge possible to, you know, further, further this and make it more than just a hobby. Um, I would love to get involved in some type of a broadcasting capacity, uh, in a fitness Way, shape, or form um, that is yet to actually. Oh, actually, it's oh, actually this is kind of starting to come together, and I'll talk about that. But um, yeah, I've, I've been an athlete my whole life. So I played uh, volleyball growing up. I played softball. I was a gymnast. So I was always staying active, which of course required not only like your normal practicing of the sport, but lots of conditioning. We had to go to the weight room. We would be expected to weight lift before school started in high school. So I got into weightlifting just through my obligation of doing it for my high school sports. Um, and then I just realized how much I liked it. So once I went off to college and I wasn't playing a sport, um, I just would go to the weight room every day when I was pretty uneducated about fitness. So, you know, I was one of the girl, you know, many girls who would hit the, you know, cardio machine for an hour and then I would go downstairs and weight lift. So I didn't really know what I was doing, but I kind of knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? Um, and I remember the guys would be like, Oh my God, that's so cool. You're the only girl down here. And I'm like, yeah. So I always, I mean, I've always been a tomboy. So for me, like, I liked the fact that I was one of the few girls weightlifting when this was before, you know, right now, all the girls want to weightlift, which I love back then before it was cool. You know, I was the minority being a female in the weight room. So, um, I took that from college, post-college, still continued to weightlift, and just from my, um, relationships, then being in the weight room, one of the only females, I think a lot of males would gravitate towards me and well, no, probably not just because I was weightlifting, let's be honest, but, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like they would, they would offer me tips and advice and as you know, who knows what all their motives were, but it was helpful because, you know, they would give me different exercises to try and I'd see other people doing different exercises. And I started, started getting on bodybuilding.com and looking up. Different weightlifting programs and trying them out on my own. And, you know, the trainers I'd ask questions to. And so I started getting more education on it. And then once I moved to New York, um, I would say then things really got to the next level, Bobby, through our mutual friend Kenny Santucci. Um, you know, I always loved working out, but Kenny became a very close friend of mine, and he's so smart and he knows so much about the fitness world that it kind of pushed me to want to learn a little bit more and that's when i decided to take my knowledge to the next level and get my certification and um since then i feel like i've been able to really take my workouts to a new level um i write my own programming for the most part and i you know, I've tried to dabble in different areas. You know, I definitely am very much a bodybuilder, uh, but I've dabbled in powerlifting a little bit. You know, I love lifting heavy. I have realized that my travel schedule and work schedule is not conducive to being a powerlifter because I'm constantly sitting on planes and sleeping in random hotel beds. My body's like, what's going on? So, powerlifting is not the right move for me, uh, unfortunately, but. I think it's fun, and I love setting new PRs. Um, so that's kind of like my fitness background. And um, ever since the coronavirus has set in, you know, we've all been forced to leave the weight rooms, and the gyms have been shut down. and We're all just doing our own thing. So I've been starting kind of do my workouts on Instagram Live, like everybody else, and um, that's been cool. You know, to give people a little insight into my workouts. Um, but the other thing that has really come out of it is the XFL, who's another one of my employers, uh, saw me doing my workouts. And they were like, we think this is really cool. We'd love for you to come on our platform where I was already doing digital hosting and every Wednesday to jointly do a workout on IG Live with one of our players. So this past Wednesday, we started it. We called it Workout Wednesday. And it was me and the um, LA Wildcats running back, Martez Carter. So him and I did a joint IG Live where we did a little question and answer session but then we alternated exercises that each of us chose and we did a mini workout and we asked people to follow along with us so you know it's just a way to kind of in my mind and hopefully it can continue to progress you know get my feet wet in the fitness broadcasting world so
0: so cool. we've got we've got wrestling we've got ESPN's <laughs> all kinds of sports and we've got fitness now what is charlie's ultimate goal in TV? Is it to have a show like Oprah in the day? Is it to be at the top of the mountain at ESPN, whatever that looks like? What's your dream?
1: Well, you know who I think one person who has done an amazing job at being completely well-rounded and I think his endeavors and his achievements are pretty aligned with what I would want to do are Michael Strahan. I mean, you look at Michael Strahan, he hosts Good Morning America. He has his own talk show, uh, Strahan and Sarah, and then Kiki also now. So he has, you know, the talk show aspect. He has the morning show aspect. And then he does Fox NFL Sunday where he's a sportscaster. I mean, obviously he's a former player, so his dynamic is a bit different, but he truly does it all. I think it's, and he hosts a game show as well. What is it, uh, The Pyramid, Million Dollar Pyramid, I think it's called?
0: Yeah, I think he's on that one. I'm not sure which one it is. It's something yeah. like that, though. So
1: he does. I mean, he does it all. I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine having that schedule. It's exhausting to even think about. But I think he's been someone who has really done a very nice job at um, diversifying his on-air abilities and really just taking advantage of his name and his talent. And he really does it all. I mean, I think he's someone to really look look up to, but... You know, you look at Oprah. I mean, she's more than just a broadcaster at this point. She's a complete brand. I mean, Oprah is a brand now. She has her own production company, her own network. She builds schools. She gives back. You know, she goes on speaking tours. She has books. She has cookbooks. She has a magazine. I mean, Oprah is killing it. So, I mean, if I could be like Oprah, that would be ideal. (laughs)
0: Would you forego the TV stuff and just do it on your own digitally? Because the thing that's different now in this day and age, I wouldn't have the platform I have right now if it wasn't for Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. I didn't get picked up by a TV network and I didn't do journalism in school and that yeah. kind of stuff. But you have your own channel now. I mean, you've got like 600, 700,000 followers. Um, if you had a YouTube channel, it would blow up right away. I don't know if you do actually. Or I not. do,
1: but I don't really use it. Yeah.
0: But is, is that something that you see where TV is going in the future, like kind of away from traditional TV, uh, you know, TV markets or.
1: I do see a definite shift in, um, how TV and news and program is consumed. I mean, I think a lot of people, uh, myself included, I don't have cable anymore. I have YouTube TV, which is like YouTube streaming platform that gives me most of my channels that I normally watch ESPN all the sports channels, all the local channels. So I'm still able to watch those, but you know, it's, it's screaming. It's not the same. I mean, traditional cable companies are definitely suffering these days. And I think even, even that aside, I think people are consuming their news differently. I mean, we all have our phone in our hands at all times. Most of us aren't making appointments to watch sports center anymore. You know, some of us, Um, but I think more people are getting on Instagram and like to watch clips and really just get the breaking news and little clips rather than watching an entire program. So, I mean, I do think things are shifting. I think they will continue to move in that direction or even like mini Instagram shows, you know, I think those could become the new norm rather than, um, you know, being on TV with a huge set and a huge production crew. I mean, think about the cost difference. I mean, you can, I mean, even look at what people are doing right now in the midst of the coronavirus, you see, um, Kelly Rippa and Ryan Seacrest, Ryan Seacrest doing their broadcasts from their kitchens in their bathrobes using, I don't know what kind of equipment they're using, but I'm sure that it's nothing too extensive and they look great and they sound great and it feels very natural and it's fun, you know, and people can relate to it still. So I, I don't know. I I think things because of this coronavirus and we've seen how much we can still do with so much less, I do have a very strong feeling that this is going to change the landscape of broadcasting. Maybe not immediately, but I think it's going to give executives and, you know, companies and organizations lots of ideas for how they can move in certain directions and, like, maybe slowly make those transitions.
0: Well, and I feel like no one's missed a beat. Like, if you look at some of the shows I like, like, I like First Take. I can still watch my First Take. Oh, my God, it's still so good. Uh, yeah. Get- Skip and Shannon uh, on Fox, they go back and forth from their living rooms, and it's great. It's still the same interaction. Uh, Colin Coward and Joy Taylor can go back and forth. It's—it's. It's, I wonder how many of these people, after this whole thing is over, are going to say, we're not leaving our house. We're not coming back to work. Like This is going to be the new format for our show.
1: You know what? I feel like, as much as that could be an option, there's something about being in the room with those people. And I mean, I miss, God, I can't even explain how much I miss being around people. I'm like, today I did my Instagram live workout and I told everybody before I got on, I'm like, everyone, I just want you to know, I am not working out here to like give you all instructions. If you want to follow along, great. I'm honestly getting on here because I'm so unmotivated right now and I need to feel like I'm around people working out and you all are giving me that motivation right now. I mean, I'm such a, I like being around people. I am so much more motivated when I'm, let's say, you know, at the first take desk with Stephen A and Max. Being side by side with them and you know, just having, you know, people, their intelligence levels in my presence makes me want to up my game. When I'm in the gym lifting and seeing someone hitting some, you know, big numbers next to me makes me wanna hit a PR. I just, I just get motivation from being around people who are doing really cool and interesting things. So yeah. for me, I need to be in the presence of people. I, it's so much different for me. Like, even though I'm seeing you right now, let's say we are all in the same room, I'm sure the dynamic would still be different.
0: Yeah. But, and also with working out, you've had the opportunity to be around some of the best trainers in the world. Like Kenny Santucci is a guy I love and respect. Yeah. But uh, another good friend of, of mine and Joe's, Gunnar Peterson. Yeah. You're not... Long ago, who's another like? If there's a person, if I was going to have a Mount Rushmore of trainers, he's maybe the, the lead guy on it. Unreal. Having access to people like that and then having to go it alone, it's probably pretty tough.
1: I mean, Gunner was I, the the story behind Gunner. I was in LA for ESPN, and I was staying at the Dream Hotel in Hollywood. And Gunner has a gym in the Dream Hotel, so Gunner Peterson Gym. And, um, there was also Theraguns in there. There was X equipment. I know Bert and I know Dr. Jason with Theragun. So I was giving Dr. Jason and Bert a little shout out in my story. Cause I was like, oh, I'm around their equipment. And I was like, oh, I'll just tag Gunner. Cause I'm in a Gunner gym, not having any relationship with him yet. Although I knew exactly who he was because Kevin Love actually is a friend of mine. And I've known Kevin since I was in college and, um, I knew that he trained with Gunnar. So, um, or had trained with Gunner for years and years. So, um, I've always known who Gunnar Peterson is. So I tagged Gunner. Next thing you know, I get a DM from Gunner saying, oh my gosh, you're, you're in town. You should come train at my gym for a day. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. You know, like it's the power of social media is crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have to imagine the fact that like, you know, I might have a little blue check next to my name. In, in, lots of followers probably stood out to him, you know, as, as compared to, you know, someone who maybe doesn't, I mean, it's just, unfortunately that's how social media works sometimes. Um, but yeah, I was able to go into his gym and the thing about Gunner that I thought was so cool is, I mean, you just talked about him being on your Mount Rushmore. I mean, there isn't any, the guy's done at all. I mean, the people he's trained, he's the trainer of the Lakers, for God's sakes, you know he's trained the Kardashians. I mean, countless athletes around the world. Um, he spent, I would say, a good hour and a half with me, and I mean, he is so down to earth. It wasn't at all like I felt like I was being rushed out of his gym, or he had better things to do. I mean, his complete focus was on, you know, our conversation or in our training session. It was just awesome because you meet so few people like that who have achieved the success that he has who are still so humble and so down to earth. And I really, really thought that was so cool. And I cannot wait until the day that I get to go back and train with him again. It's very, very cool. You know, cool.
0: It's, what's funny, we went to his gym as well. And I had a moment of just being completely humbled. Because in my gym, in my space, I've got some cool things on the wall. I've got a Tony Romo jersey, a Stu Bradley jersey, an Edge pitcher. He sent my kid a bunch of yeah. stuff, uh, some Boston and stuff, who's a UFC guy. And I'm thinking I'm pretty cool. And then I walk in there and he's got Sly Stallone stuff all over oh. and stuff from the Lakers and basically um, Pete Sampras and every other tennis yeah. legend that there has ever lived is in there. And I'm just like, holy shit, I got a long man. way to go. Like I, am man, and, and what an experience, Joe and I got to just hang out with him in this gym for a little bit. That's, that's pretty, awesome. pretty cool for you. And as someone that's a fitness person, that must be pretty exciting, our... Fitness people, are those the people that excite you the most? Like, if you could meet anybody, would it be a, a fitness person? Because it's such a passion of yours?
1: I mean, Oprah would be the number one person I'd love to sit down and have dinner with. Um, I, I went to her speaking tour in, in Brooklyn. and I mean, I was like, Oprah, you're so close yet so far. Um, but no, I mean, I you know what? It's so funny because whenever I go on dates one of like my main conversations that i like to have with guys that i'm you know possibly dating or you know getting judging, i always somehow slip into that like oh like what what do you work what do you do to work out what's your routine you know oh like what's your nutrition like and i'm like god i'm such a bro you know <laughs> what i mean like i just can't you know, help but i always fall into that conversation and it's so funny but i feel like no matter who i you know end up with let's just say on, a, on a romantic level or, you know on a For someone who I choose to be my partner, they're going to have to have that fitness mindset because I'm so passionate and and it's something I'm so excited about all the time. I feel like they're going to have to be the same way. Otherwise I'll be like, nothing in common. Who are you? Um, but yeah, I I always think it's so cool just to meet people who have done different things or have different ways of looking at fitness or different ways of training. Uh, I always like to learn a thing or two and pick up things wherever I can. So I'm trying to think of who would be a trainer that I would love to. I mean, there's plenty. I just, of course, I'm blanking right now that I'm trying to think about Once it. you're
2: on the spot, right? Exactly. <laughs>
1: switching,
2: switching I also gears do, like
1: badass women. Like I love girls that like hit the gym and hit it hard. Like, you know, I always, I think that's very cool.
0: So switching gears to the dating stuff, cause you put up a couple of funny stories. I thought about people being alone during COVID. Are you uh tempted to take up some of these internet weirdos on their offers that are all over your comments lately i i say that because i made the mistake joe of commenting on what charlie's posts and then someone told me they were her boyfriend and i wanted to really her boyfriend uh they proposed marriage to her all the time and it was i just charlie i'm never going to comment on a post years again because you I, know can't, what? I can't be part of that mess
1: i i you know what Despite the isolation and these, you know, I will go as far as say the desperation that I'm experiencing right now. The answer is no. I still will not be dating a WWE fan, and um, you, that's just, that's just it.
0: <laughs> you haven't you haven't been tempted to take one of them up on their marriage proposals? Gosh,
1: seriously. Look if you if, look if, if this lasts another few years. Maybe you know I'll be like you know like there's the the prisoners in jail who end up becoming married to their one of their pen pals they're like fine <laughs> you know
0: I'll do it <laughs>
1: <laughs> although like I think that it's probably more strange on the part of the pen pal who wants to marry a prisoner or not the, I mean, if you're in prison well who cares right marry whoever but um. No, I, uh, I, I'm hoping that I'm going to get to go on some dates this summer, experience dating for what it is once again, even though it is like still crazy, even in, in the good, good, the good times dating these days is just a little bit insane, but, uh, no, I will not be dating anyone that I meet on Instagram.
2: I have, I have two, two important questions, a little, little change of topic here, but first, who is your all-time favorite wrestler?
1: The Rock.
2: The Rock. Okay.
1: I love The Rock.
2: If you were out on a date with somebody and you ask them that question, would you judge them based on their answer? Like if, if they chose the rock you'd be like, okay, so we're both rock fans. It's cool. But what if they chose somebody like completely opposite, like somebody that you absolutely hated? Would you just end the date right there? Or are no, you open-minded no. enough that you could embrace it?
1: I'll be totally honest. When I'm on dates, I usually don't even, I don't even really like work talking about what I do for work. Um, because there are like some people who like, that's all they want to talk about. Like, oh my God, like, have you met this person and this person? What would they like more than, and I'm like, okay, like I'm bored now, you know, like I don't want to so, talk about. So that so, brings um, up
2: another they- question. Are, are there any wrestlers that you get a little starstruck around?
1: Um, I, you know what? I've never, I mean, I think I've never uh, spoken in person to The Rock. I never have. Um, I've been in the same room as him. Um, But he's, it's so rare that he comes around now because he has so much going on. He's Mr. Hollywood now. But I think if I had a conversation with a rock, I might be like, you know, because I think there's something to be said, not because I'm, you know, have like a crush on him or anything, but there's something to be said about the people you idolize when you're young. There's something about even when you're older, there's an element of you that still like turns into that little girl again my God, it's The Rock. So I think if I met The Rock in person, that like little girl, like those memories of me being in sixth grade and watching him and running home from Cotillion to turn on WWE would kick in and I probably would get very excited.
0: So I want to stop you there. We all have a crush on the rock. It's yeah. totally <laughs> totally normal. Just go with it. I have one on them too. But one thing you said that struck me is as you kind of build your profile, you're on ESPN, you're in the WWE, you want to be Oprah one day, essentially the, you know, Oprah 2.0 we'll call you. But have you struggled with the fame that comes along with that? Like, is there, are there times that you just want to be little Charlie at, at, at some point? You know what I mean?
1: You know, I'm pretty good at, I mean, I gotta be honest. I mean, it's, it's not like I deal with things on the same level as, as certain celebrities. I mean, there's certain, you know, let's take like Selena Gomez, for example, you know, like when I walk outside and Selena Gomez walks outside in public, we're getting two completely different experiences. I mean, I'm still, you know, on, on the level where, I can go about my day and enjoy myself and not really have too many concerns. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, social media, for example, I actually just did an Instagram live out there where I was, you know, starting to look at the comments just for a few minutes during one of my breaks. And someone just said something so rude. You know, I just don't see why people need to bash you. You're the one following me. I don't know you. Why are you following me? If you're going to insult me, I have I don't even know you. Uh, You chose to follow me. So, and I got really mad and I actually called him an asshole. Like I just like, I just had something kick in where like when it just struck a nerve and I'm like, okay, asshole, Danny Ortiz, like get off my page. I want nothing to do with you. You're the one who chose to follow me. So like take it somewhere else and and stop following me. If I see you again, I'm not going to have very nice words for you. So, you know what I mean? And and I, it was weird because I was like, wait, why did I just get so angry? But it's like, sometimes it just bothers you where I'm already like kind of struggling with my workout. I'm already kind of feeling unmotivated. And then I have someone who comes on and just starts insulting me. I'm sorry, like, why do you think that you have the right to do that? I think that doesn't just apply to social media, but it just, it bothers me. And I I think there's a lot of that still in this world. And I think when you are, you know, you do have a bit of a higher profile and people have more access to you and they have more things to say because you give them a little bit more insight into your life. I don't appreciate that. So I mean, I guess that's the one um, qualm I have about it all. But you know, for the most part, I'm very fortunate. And I think people for the most part are very sweet and supportive and encouraging. And I wouldn't be in the position I was in if I didn't have their support. So I, I can't really complain. But there are just people who they're probably miserable in their own lives. And they're just reflecting that onto you. And there's nothing you can do about that. But Ooh, I had a moment today. I'll tell you that much. And my mom was, there, she was like, "I was like, yeah, I was going to
2: say, "Your mom was there." I was watching your live for a little while. This is me doing my my pre podcast yeah. and I, I thought about that. I was like, if somebody together. said if somebody said something to me like that, and my mom was sitting there, like I would be super defensive. So
1: yeah, I know <laughs> my, my mom, and she goes, "She's so funny." My mom is so sweet. She's like my biggest cheerleader. She's like, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> like, um, <laughs>
0: You know, people forget, though, that you're a real person. Like, I go through this with the my UFC persona, Bobby Maximus, and then I'm, my government name is Robert McDonald, which is the most boring name you can get. But people forget that behind the Instagram, behind the ESPN, behind the WWE stuff, you're a normal person. Like, you're a person that's struggling with your workout. You're a person that's struggling with the isolation of COVID-19. Like, it's not just things hurt people. And I think people feel a license to, because you've opened your life up a little bit, people think they know you. Because I've had people come up to me and talk to me about stuff about my kids, about my personal life, like they know me. And I have a moment where I'm like, do I know this person? Like, is this somebody I forgot about? Did I go to high school with them? It's hard.
1: Yeah. And I think like people just, I mean, it's always interesting too, like there are people who make comments like, oh my God, like, you look so much different without makeup as an example. And I'm like, um, well, yeah, when I'm on WWE or ESPN, I'm wearing tons of makeup because we have HD cameras and that's like how you have to wear your, you know what I mean? It's just, but I'm, I'm one of those girls. Like I don't wear makeup to the gym. Like most of the time, if you see me, I'm not wearing makeup and I'm completely comfortable with who I am and how I look without makeup. But then when people say stuff like that, it's just like, you know what I mean? Like why you know why would you why would you even say it it's just it's so rude? I mean it doesn't no, it, people, it,
0: Again though, these are the same people that are asking to marry you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. well, yeah, it, your, yes. They're not yeah. the brightest that society has. No, to
1: it, it's just it's crazy that people, you know, but I think when people say stuff like that, for example, they're not even necessarily trying to be like hurtful or rude. They're just making a statement. It's like, I know, I'm aware, I look very different when I have a pound of makeup on versus when I have no makeup on, like this is obvious. That's you know? how makeup
2: works, right? That's I mean, that's the point.
1: <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so I, how are you, you just roll with it.
0: How are you going to, because the last thing we really want to talk about here is how are you going to adjust to the struggles of training that you've experienced during COVID 19? And, and I'm not trying to scare you or no. fear you a little a little news ticker from CNN just came across my thing that Boris Johnson, the, the UK yeah. prime minister, is in intensive care with COVID-19. Oh, my
1: God. And
0: this, this thing that's going on, it's, it's all well and good till somebody famous or somebody... Like, what if LeBron James dies from COVID? Like, what's God. the lockdown? You no, know, we already had
1: COVID. Please, I, I can't have another death. Oh, my God. That would You know what? I, I think... I mean, there's two, you asked me how I'm, how I'm going to cope. I think from a health standpoint, I am trying to be as cautious as I possibly can. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing anything. I mean, I'm with my mom. We are, the only place we go is the grocery store. You know, that's like our big field trip. Woo. Um, I, I'm very lucky. I will say to be in Florida right now, cause I, I live in New York city, which right now we all know is the epicenter of the outbreak in the United States. Um, and it's, it's not, a, it's not a good place to be right now. It's very unsafe. And not only is it unsafe, there's just New York. There's not anywhere to go. I mean, a lot of, a lot of us in New York, the apartment, everyone knows who's been there. The apartments aren't huge. You know, it's, we, a lot of us don't have access to outdoor spaces and it's it's just not a great place to be right now. Nothing's open. So I'm very fortunate to be in Florida with my mom and actually the beaches where I am are still open. You're not allowed to sunbathe or just sit in groups but I surf. So every morning I get up, I go surfing for an hour, an hour and a half, which for me is like the best way to get up and just get some sun and get some salt water on my body. And it it just kind of rejuvenates you a little bit. So I'm very thankful to be able to do things like that still, because for the people who are stuck sitting indoors all day long, I can't even imagine. So I think it's important just to keep a level head. Don't set expectations too high for yourself. I think a lot of people right now are trying to like, learn new hobbies and push themselves to start new businesses. And that's great. If you have the motivation to do things like that, all the power to you. But I think right now we're going through a crisis. As a society, we are going through a major crisis. People are very stressed out. Whether you admit it or not, I can can be the first to admit it. I have trouble sleeping. You know, I'm a very high strung, anxious person. I'm having trouble sleeping at night. I get like restless leg syndrome at night because my body, I mean, even though I'm not outwardly expressing it, I'm internalizing a lot of stress. And I think that's normal. We're going through a lot right now as a society. So I think it's a great time to reflect, unwind, let your body rest. A lot of us push ourselves so hard in day-to-day lives. This is our opportunity to kind of take it back a few notches if we need to. Let your body unwind, let things heal, let your mind heal, let your body heal. Um, But from a training perspective, I'm, I am still trying to push myself because look, we, we make these gains guys. We don't want to lose them. I push myself so hard in the gym and you know, I've, I've built a lot of muscle over the course this past year and I'm so scared of losing it. So I'm still trying to lift pretty heavy, you know, with the small resources that I have. I have the Bowflex weights that I, um, ordered before things got really crazy. Um, so I have like, you know, what do they go up to 52 and a half pounds, five to 52 and a half, which are actually which are um, so I'm still able to do a lot of my exercises, but I'm just I'm just losing motivation being by myself. I think even if I had a partner to work out with and have someone like, okay, you got this, you got this. So that's kind of where I'm suffering a little bit. with.
0: I'm going to solve your motivation problems. Uh, when when we're done, I'm going to send you a copy of my book. Yeah. I'm going to send you a copy of my No Gear program, which will probably end our friendship, so I apologize in advance. <laughs> no! And... I am also gonna send you, we gotta pay some bills, but we're sponsored by Lalo Tactical. They make the best workout shoes of the world, I think, and boots. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna send you a pair of Maximus shoes. If you feel weird wearing Maximus shoes, we can send you like the urban camos or whatever. Um, I'll get your shoe size offline though, because I don't want any weirdos on the internet knowing oh, your shoe size. No, That's probably so not a good.
1: What's up with the foot fetishes? People all the time are like, "Do you work out here? And I'm like, no.
0: No. It's probably a weird thing, but we'll send you some resources and uh, try to get you in gear so that you can train every day.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? Whatever little locations I can be given here and there, I will eat it all up because I, hello, whose little voice oh. is
0: that? <laughs> That's, come here, come here, buddy. This, this, this our is executive our, our executive producer. <laughs> come here. Come here. There this is here.
1: Hello. Hi. is it, hey. wait, was hey. this the hey. little one from backstage at
0: Rock? No, this is this is the younger one. He was mm. uh, the one backstage was eleven. This is a oh. three year old. Hi. hi, Bud. Say hi. He's oh. my little guy right here. So he is on every podcast because yeah. he cannot leave us alone. He brings oh, so he brings, a, brings like, in the Shepherd
2: the Crook. He's like, you guys are done. Out of yeah. here.
0: Bye. <laughs> You're finished. Well, listen, Charlie. It's been great talking to you, uh, especially about the fitness stuff. I love when people. I've actually had a love-hate relationship with this COVID thing, because somebody like you who's trained with Kenny and Kenny says great things about you. Um, Angela Gargano says great things about you. Gunner says great things. She's going crazy right now. She's trapped in a little apartment. She's. I I feel bad for her because
1: everything and anything doing the American Ninja Warrior stuff. Oh, gosh. I know. Poor girl.
0: She's Trying to help herself open.
1: Swinging from the refrigerator to the stove to the... <laughs> Who knows? She
0: did a post the other day. She did some handstand challenge where she put her pajamas on on a handstand against a door. And my first thought was like, someone needs to get her out of there. Poor girl is going nuts. But they speak very highly of you, and we've referenced you because we love that you're using your platform to help people become more fit. And it's coming from somebody. One of the things I dislike about COVID is now I'm seeing all kinds of people working out who have no business dishing out workout advice. You're one of the people that I would actually hire you to train people in my gym. So it's awesome seeing you use your platform to do that kind of stuff. Someone with a certification and someone that spent time doing real training. Cause even before this thing, like I would watch videos of you in the gym and you're deadlifting, you're doing pull-ups, you're giving people real tips that they can use or Joe and I can steal and then say, we came up with them and give them to other people. (laughs) um, (laughs) It's great to see you doing that. Where can people find you?
1: Um, So you can find me on Instagram. Twitter and now TikTok, guys. I just made a TikTok account. What is this world coming to? Um, I feel that is the one platform right now where I feel so old. I'm, I'm like, Wait, what's going on here? What are the kids doing? How do I do this? Um, but my uh, handle on all three platforms is at Charlie on TV, and it's C H A R L Y, and then on TV. So that's my handle. Anyone can find me there. So I'm gonna teach yeah.
0: you the boy, the boy that you met backstage at WWE that's my 11 year old he is our technical advisor and i'm going to give a speech he gave me about tiktok he told me i should have tiktok and i said why he goes it's the new platform it's the new thing old people are on facebook kind of old people are on instagram you need a tiktok account and i said well what do you what do you mean like it's for kids i don't i don't need to you know market to kids and he looked me square in the eye. He goes, one day these kids are going to grow up and you need to be the workout guy for them. And I'm like, fuck, all right, right? You know, so I called like Joe up right away drop. and I said, go no, get a TikTok. We are on, we're on Twitch. We're like on all the things now because he is <laughs> you
2: like- just got a, You TikTok. just got a TikTok follower right here, so. <laughs>
1: yay, <laughs> yay, oh my God, I know. I, I truly though, I mean, I'll, look, bring the workouts to TikTok. Bring But these dances- I cannot, I refuse you, to be the one you, spending five hours learning a dance, I cannot do it.
0: Your your homework is, who's your second favorite Canadian? The first is me. Who's okay. your second favorite Canadian?
1: Oh gosh, well, you know what, you know how I'm gonna say because I just jammed out to her music during my workout? Celine Dion.
0: No, 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 it's, the answer is Drake. It's oh. Audrey <laughs> hey Drake, we, we want to see a TikTok of you doing the tootsie slide. It's a new dance. It's kind of like a dancing it, like dance. It's a yeah, you gotta get on up, it now.
2: Right foot slide. Left foot
0: um, right foot slide, left foot slide, right foot up. So that's the uh, that's the new thing.
1: Okay, you know, I might I might give it a
0: shot, but that'll be your new TikTok. But it's it's been great. Um, when we're done, send me a message with your shoe size so okay. I can get them to hook you up Wallow.com and we'll get you here and we'll be set listen thank you so much for your time we really really appreciate it we know you're busy you're a person we admire and look up to um and some of the people we love in the industry like i said have said some remarkable things about you so we appreciate it
1: well thank you yeah joe bobby you both are awesome and i've enjoyed our past hour together and i really appreciate you having me on